Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. All right, and the first principle, there needs to be a shared philosophy, belief, goal, something tangible that authentically connects you to the partner. And this is so critically important because in order for your partner to truly work as an extension of your brand, there really needs to be something in common that connects you. So for example, as you guys know, I worked on the Tide brand. Now, big surprise there. Um, And Tide is all about getting out tough stains. So it would make sense that we would partner with the NFL whose players create tough stains. That's where we had a connection, right? Or Head & Shoulders, Ole, and Gillette's partnership with the dermatology community who can work as credible advocates for the technology in these products and the way they treat and protect the skin. So you have that credible partner that's able to advocate for your products and then in so doing is able then to uh, drive credibility for those products in that specific area, especially where consumers are having questions. But the key here is your consumers cannot think too hard or you will lose them. So if there isn't a really obvious connection and your consumers left like kind of scratching their head going, why is this brand doing this with this partner? They're not going to even think beyond that. They're just going to dismiss it. And keep in mind that your whole objective is to boost credibility and authority. So if you can't get people to rectify why you're even playing there, you're not even going to get to that stage. And Sam, I know you have a ton of examples and experience (laughs) that really emphasizes that point. Can you share that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know... And you, you really kind of hit the nail on the head. Consumers need to be able to understand the why. Why is this, this connection happening? Why are they seeing this content? Um, and it really goes down to looking at what success looks like. So, you know, you pick a partner that makes sense for your brand, but it also makes sense for who you're trying to reach and how you're going to reach them. So, you know, I think that, that to me is something that we talk about a lot is, is, starting out with what's the potential with this audience, right? So looking at, for instance, Panthers fans, what can you provide as a partner that will work hard for your brand and the Carolina Panthers brand? So I think that's something that we, again, we talk about a lot and and we talk about how this partnership might achieve something different than let's say, you know, your other examples of, you know, Coachella or, or even a local restaurant week or local event, each partnership should have a really focused um, ROI that you're working against. Um, And it should be different uh, for each partnership. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, And just for context, we always like to give examples. And so I've actually come up with a bad one for today, (laughs) one that doesn't actually work, Uh, just to counter all the good ones that you guys put out there. So you know, most of you listening probably know Arby's, Roast Beef Sandwiches, and Warby Parker, the eyeglass company. Well, they decided a few years ago to do an April Fool's joke that they were now in partnership with each other because Warby, if you take off the W, is Arby's. Oh, geez. And that was literally essentially it from a joke standpoint. So You just talked about the things like needing to have a shared philosophy, a shared consumer audience, the consumer understanding. I mean, 
I'm not a huge Arby's fan, but I am a huge Warby Parker fan. And so speaking from that perspective, right, they target millennials. Arby's targets like, you know, the older population. Let's just say they've been around for 53 years and they target more people in the red states. Let's just leave it at that. So really not, you know, you're speaking millennial target versus this older demographic, different political views and different values. And then when you think about the Warby Parker brand, it's all about wit and intelligence and being informative, playful, delightful. And what they state that they are not is trite or sarcastic. And so when you just think through the lenses of these two things, right, I think the point here is don't just take the easy face value thing that's out there, but really to embody the points that were made on the positive side with examples. I thought this one was a really good one to bring forth and say, yeah, this is when it goes really wrong. Yeah. And I think, Sam, you could attest to the fact that that happens in the sports world a lot, too, when people just kind of glam onto a specific asset without necessarily thinking about how that asset really connects back to how their brand shows up. Yeah. And I think, you know, Anne, I feel like this is something that we talked about and we use as an example. This is from years ago, but I remember McDonald's tried to um, utilize the partnership to talk about tailgating and tail so pick up oh, McDonald's yeah. and tailgate oh, with McDonald's. That was a nightmare. And it was, oh my gosh, I can't believe people were sitting in a room and said, that's a great idea. I think you learn a lot from the, the epic fails that you mm-hmm. see. Um, so I think in that way, it's, you know, it's good to highlight and talk about, you know, things that didn't work because I think that really even highlights even more what we're trying to say. Yeah, I think every tailgater in the United States was like up in arms about that. That food just doesn't carry well. Why in the world would you think you'd pick it up and take it to the tailgate? Well, also, it's missing the the, the core insight, which is tailgaters have a specific fare yeah. that they do on a regular basis, like, you know, tailgated all the times at the Bengals games. And it was a specific menu yep. all catered to who the team was playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. And I think what's also interesting is they tried to, from a national level, you know, talk about tailgating as this, you know, as this national thing. But as you know, Anne, in your example of, you know, for the Bengals was that, you know, each team, each fan base has its own traditions. Mm, yeah. So not only were you kind of, you know, trying to lump everyone together, all of these crazy passionate fans that obviously want to, you know, kill each other on the field, um, (laughs) then you're, then you're just totally missing the point that each fan base, each has its own traditions, its own, you know, version of tailgating. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.